Bullshit. Let's pretend for a moment we've entered a parallel universe, free of bullshit and full of bold solutions. That's what No Bullshit Marketing is all about. I'm your host, Dave Mastovich, and let's cut the bullshit. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell is on the hot seat again, this time because of how he handled Deflategate. But with Goodell, it goes beyond any specific gate, whether it's Bounty Gate, Spy Gate, Deflategate, or other stupid decision gates, like his handling of the Ray Rice and Adrian Peterson abuse cases, the common thread is the commissioner's flawed decision-making and lame communication. I call it Goodell syndrome, when an arrogant leader repeatedly fumbles both the big decision and communication of the why behind it. Unfortunately, similar stuff happens at many companies just without the public scrutiny. In a recent customer experience report, 82% said they left a company because of a poor customer experience. When our service is lacking, what do we tell the customer? When we miss an internal deadline or fail to hit a goal, what do we say to our boss? Some of the patent excuses are, quote, we were crazy busy. He or she was a difficult customer. The crisis of the day happened and I had to take care of that. Sometimes legitimate roadblocks keep us from meeting deadlines or reaching our goals. However, peers, bosses, and clients perceive the responses as excuses rather than reality. Why the disconnect? When we fall prey to the Goodell syndrome, we fail to focus on the issue over the instance. If internal and external customers are disappointed or you regularly miss deadlines, it doesn't matter what happened in the most recent instance. The issue is not delivering what you promise. You obviously need to fix the instance as soon as it happens, but you really need to concentrate on the issue, the reason why the problem occurred. Here's how. Define what went wrong from a process standpoint rather than just that instance. Develop an action plan to prevent the issue from happening again. Craft your message to explain what happened, why, and how you're fixing it. Communicate your message to key target audiences again and again. Use a mix of vehicles because telling your story one time in one way isn't enough. The next time you're asked why something didn't go as planned, don't fall prey to the Goodell syndrome. Take personal responsibility, focus on the issue, not the instance, and communicate a clear, transparent message to your key target audiences. Our guest today is Justin Mastrangelo. He's the president of JA Interactive, a digital and online marketing company based in Pittsburgh, and was named the Grand Marketer of the Year by the American Marketing Association a couple of years ago. Justin, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Dave. It's good to be here. We're happy to have you. You've been finding creative solutions in mobile, digital, and online marketing for a lot of years. One of the things that I think you can bring some value to our audience is being a person who is very tech savvy, but what I like about your tech savvy is you break it down to easy terms. So you, you kind of do what we do for messaging. You do it with the technology. You'll explain to us, when you use this for your client, this is what's going to happen. So I'm excited to hear what your tool or tip is that you'd offer that would help our audience tell their story, craft their message, or communicate to internal and external target audiences. It could be something simple like, hey, use Google Trends to generate content ideas. Or it could be your favorite book, blog, or productivity resource, or a tip on how they could approach their career. Whatever you think might help our listeners. So this, there's, um, there's something I've been doing a lot with lately, not only for my clients, but for our own business, is Facebook ads. And I know some people have tried them, and maybe you haven't tried them. 
but it, it feels to me like the early days of AdWords where if you get the formula right, it starts to become too good to be true to the point where your ads are paying for themselves and you're just buying and buying and buying. So um, I, my tip is if you have a business, try to find something that you can sell on Facebook. And you would do that by going on their Facebook ads tool, figuring out how you cut up the audience, identifying that audience on there, seeing how big it is, and trying to figure out something you can sell to them on Facebook. Because right now, Facebook has a tremendous inventory of eyeballs. I mean, there's, there's millions and millions upon millions of people using it every hour. So their, their, their cost per, per eyeball on Facebook right now is very effective still, even two years after I've been involved with it. So I would encourage you, if you're going to launch a new product or you're going to change your business, find out how you can fit Facebook ads. It's kind of like the new TV. Without too much trade secret giveaway, sure. can you give just a little example of how it helped JA Interactive? So with Join by Text, the product that, that I've been talking about, and not to just sound like I'm plugging it, but it's just a really good example. You've got to eat your own dog food, and that's what we've done. So um, we wanted to sell to MailChimp users, and MailChimp users next to Constant Contact are the biggest email marketing. I mean, there's tons of people that use MailChimp. So we went on Facebook. We found out, okay, how many people on Facebook like MailChimp? And there's a lot. And from that, we could even then say, how many of those manage their own Facebook page on MailChimp? So we could identify those who are running nonprofits and businesses and things like that. And then we crafted an ad that talked just to them. Hey, MailChimp users. And we were able to use the MailChimp logo because we're a MailChimp partner. And we were able to put that in the, in the graphic. And we ran that ad. And for several months, four or five months, I mean, the, it was just astronomical how, many, how much business we got from that ad. Uh, we tried some different things. We were optimizing where we sent them and things like that. But it was like, it felt like printing money for a while. It was like we'd run the ads would get the clients, would just keep running more and more ads with the same money. So it was, it was amazing. And that's because we had a narrow message, a decently narrow audience, you know, that we could reach for the, for the budget we had, and we had a product that they wanted. And it just it took off. It was awesome. Let's talk about that for a second. So I know a number of our listeners are, are B2B entrepreneurs, presidents or CEOs of smaller to mid-sized companies. If someone's a B2B company... Just pick a space. Um, it could be something like um, a headhunter or an accounting firm or something. Like that. How might they use the Facebook ads? Because I, I have some friends who I know would immediately get skittish about if I said, let's make sure we use these Facebook ads for you. Yeah, and it, the more relationship-based your business, the harder it can be to do that kind of thing. Um, you know, Joined by Text is a $19 a month product. People sign up for it. They don't have to talk to anybody. But it is a B2B product, so we're not selling to you know soccer moms. We're selling to... People who have businesses, soccer moms and businesses. So um, you can still do it. Uh, you just kind of want to think about what is your ask on Facebook. So if you're an accounting firm, to use that example, you're probably not going to ask on Facebook, hey, give us a call and let us help you manage your money. That's a big, big ask. But if you're an accounting firm and um, you want to do the tax businesses for nonprofits, uh, I believe with Facebook ads right now, you could cut up and find people who are involved in nonprofits, who are managing nonprofits, and say, hey, we're doing a webinar. So you can advertise your webinar on Facebook. Um, it's just an, it's just a great way to reach people. That doesn't mean, like you said, though, you can always find exactly, uh, especially in the B2B space, it can be a little more challenging. Although there's LinkedIn, which is basically, you know, uh, Facebook for businesses. It can be more costly, but there you can say, all right, I want the marketing managers at accounting firms, and I want to show them this ad. So um, in both cases, it's kind of the same idea. Justin Mascarangelo, president of JA Interactive, with his tool or tip for us is the Facebook ads tied in a little bit of LinkedIn. Justin, you've been involved quite a bit with the American Marketing Association here in Pittsburgh. You were recognized 
with a marketing award by them. Talk a little bit about your involvement here at the Pittsburgh branch of the American Marketing Association. Yeah, it's been a great group. I got involved um, when I set out on my own, when I started my business uh, as a way to, you know, to network with other people in the business. So sometimes, you know, I'm finding business there and helping people. Sometimes I'm helping people in other ways with their careers. Um, but it's been a great network to build. Um, I got involved, I'd say, you know, with all these uh, volunteer organizations, you can probably say the same. The more you get involved, the more you get out of it. So I got on the leadership team, I uh, served as president a few years ago, uh, and so I really helped uh, make the network strong. Uh, and I still um, talk to these people today, and I haven't been involved in the past couple of years. But. So that's a, a second tip. You gave us a double tip, so our oh, listeners yeah. should know that get involved with those associations. The right. more you give, the more you get. Yep, that's true. And for marketers out there, American Marketing Association has a branch in whatever market they're in. Correct? They, do. they do, yeah. And you'll get more out of it serving on the leadership team. You'll build stronger relationships. People today still ask me about it, and I'll say, get involved and help out a little bit. You know, If you just go to the events... You're going to hang around and you'll learn something from the speakers. But if you get involved and work with other people, uh, you'll have fun and you'll build a stronger network. So. All right. So now it's time for you to keep calm and hit the bullseye. I'll ask you to choose between two marketing or messaging classics. You tell me which one you like more, but you only have a second or so to choose and hit the bullseye. Ready? I'm ready. Budweiser's Frogs or the Aflac Duck? The Aflac Duck. Nirvana or Pearl Jam? Nirvana. Got Milk or Can You Hear Me Now? Got Milk. Mark Cuban or Mark Zuckerberg? <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg. Finger Licking Good or Think Outside the Bun? Think Outside the Bun. Peyton Manning or Tom Brady? <laughs> wow, that hurts. Uh, Peyton Manning. Scandal or House of Cards? I don't know the two. I guess House of Cards. All right. Progressive Flow or Jake from State Farm? Jake, uh, Progressive Flow. Ooh. Yeah. He's stammering. Went back. I was thinking, yeah, uh, Progressive Flow, yeah. And last, from a marketing campaign standpoint, email or texting? Well, I'm going to have to say texting there. I would sound, yeah. <laughs> Let's, Those are good. Let's go back all right. and you get your chance to kind of give us your reason behind. And they're all messaging related because right. even when we go to the sports guys, they're messaging related. So uh, Budweiser's Frogs or the Aflac Duck, you chose the Aflac Duck. I mean, that just made the whole company. I don't think anybody would know who Aflac is without the duck. And we all would have known Budweiser with or without the frogs. It's good insight. Two bands from the 90s that... We're strong from a messaging standpoint, but different ways, Nirvana or Pearl Jam, and you chose Nirvana. When Nirvana started the movement, and I'd say Pearl Jam you know, came in, they were second, and that lasted longer, obviously, but Nirvana was the, was the start. Two classics, Got Milk or Can You Hear Me Now, and you chose Got Milk. I think the ultimate uh, compliment for a, a brand message is when everybody else starts to use it, and think of how many got this, got that. I mean, you know, it's just like, just do it, so yeah. Got Milk is timeless. Cuban or Zuckerberg, and you went with Zuckerberg. I find Cuban to be kind of that obnoxious entrepreneur. He kind of bothers me a little bit. Um, I don't know that I'm a huge Mark Zuckerberg fan, although Facebook is pretty awesome. Uh, so, Mark Zuckerberg. You chose Taco Bell over Kentucky Fried Chicken? <laughs> I don't know why I picked that one, actually. I think I just haven't had Taco Bell in a while, so that uh, just hit a note there. We, that's one of the things we're going to start doing for the guests. Whatever they pick, we'll have it delivered immediately. Oh, that's a great idea. 
Can I come back for that? Yeah. So two quarterbacks, both amazing on the field, but amazing in messaging. Think of Peyton Manning hosting Saturday Night Live, all the campaigns around him. The Tom Brady campaign's not as in your face as much as the Peyton, uh, Peyton Manning ads, but Tom Brady's also done some campaigns that drew a lot of interest, and you chose Peyton. It feels like, well, I don't really like either one of them because I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Um, it feels like Peyton Manning is the better brand brander. He's the better person to have working for you. Uh, Tom Brady may be more the pretty face. Peyton Manning he is pretty likable in commercials as much as I don't like him. <laughs> well, two, two shows, one a broadcast show scandal and the other House of Cards, a Netflix production. You didn't know either of those, but that's okay because we talk about how in marketing – you and I both already said you've got to drill down and reach the target. Right. And so maybe you weren't fitting nicely and neatly into one of their target market boxes. Well, right. I have children, so too much of my Netflix is like Dora and things like that. <laughs> but I know what House of Cards is. I think what Netflix is doing is awesome. Uh, I should have bought the stock a couple years ago, uh, so that's why I picked that one. Tell us about your family, Justin. We didn't get into that. You have how many kids? I have two kids, uh, six and two and a half, boy and girl. Yeah, they keep me busy when I'm not... Uh, I'm not babysitting clients. I'm babysitting them. So <laughs> <laughs> Those are some fun times yeah. having ones that are a little older than that. And then the last one, of course, you had to choose texting. But now we move into another, uh, what we like to say is our fun pop culture segments. This episode's Sights and Sounds of Marketing starts with the song All Mixed Up by 311. I take the lyrics from the song and try to apply it to something like messaging or marketing or leadership. And the first lyrics are, you've got to trust your instinct and let go of regret. At some point in our careers, we'll most likely be in a situation where we start to doubt ourselves, especially for entrepreneurs like Justin and myself. Maybe the boss is a micromanager, demeaning or just plain clueless, or the company culture is every man or woman for himself. Our frustrations grow and bitterness begins to set in. So I've experienced that at the corporate level before uh, starting my own company, but now with my own company, it's other things where you're, you're trying to work through your own uh, leadership styles and so forth. The next thing is you've got to bet on yourself now, Star, because that's your best bet. As tough as it may be, you need to stay confident. Go back to the basics. And Justin's touched on that today, how he went back to the basics on some of the things with his company to gain momentum from small successes. Trust yourself to make sound choices and stop focusing on what might have been, which we all have a natural tendency to do. The lyric is that no matter what may come to shine, the dream will always be mine. Your self-esteem and ultimately your productivity hinge on whether or not you believe in what you're doing and how you're getting it done. Be true to your core beliefs and values. You make me nervous, throat dry, my brain is empty, don't know why. Otherwise, self-doubt leads to nervousness, which leads to inaction, more mistakes, or both. Forget the naysayers because they don't mean a thing because this is what style we bring. Naysayers will always be among us. You can strive to please them, but you probably won't. And even if you do, it's unlikely to make you happy. It's more important to realize you have to live with yourself and your decisions. All mixed up, you don't know what to do. Next thing you turn around and find the person is you. Yep, it's all about you. You choose what attitude to have. You decide on your goals or dreams. Bosses, peers, and subordinates definitely play a role. But your internal thoughts and self-esteem make more of an impact than anything else. Believe in yourself and take the actions necessary to create positive change. Justin, your thoughts about how we can avoid being all mixed up by staying positive and keeping an eye on the big picture. 
I think an easy thing to talk about is looking back at what you've accomplished. Uh, I think when you get stuck as an entrepreneur, you look back and say, all right, well, here's what I've done so far. And maybe I'm not where I want to be, or maybe I've hit a block. Um, maybe I've fallen back, but here's how much I've accomplished. Uh, I also heard a, an entrepreneur make a good example. They said, if you think about yourself on stage uh, you know, 20 years from now, talking about your career, your life, or your business, or whatever it might be, um, and whatever problem you're dealing with now, try to think about either, is it, is it going to be something you're going to think about then, or you're going to talk about then, is it a big problem? And if it is, what do you think you'll talk about the solution? I mean, how do you think you'll explain how you solve this problem? And it kind of mo motivates you to think about the big idea. Think about the future. This is just one moment in time. You're going to solve this problem, you're going to learn from it, and someday you're going to talk about it. So uh, don't get hung up in it. Don't get mixed up in it, I should have said. I'm going to have to... Uh... I'll have to rewind this and write that down because I'm guilty of that. And the 20-year thing is a great idea. The 10-year, 5-year, whatever it is, right. I think that key point you made is we have this tendency to think that moment is so much bigger than it is. Right. And, uh, and Michelle, our producer, who is helping us here with the show, knows that I do that sometimes. So, right. so right. she's probably over grinning. <laughs> but that's a great advice for an entrepreneur right. because I think we have to remember that. You know, the right. entrepreneur's attitude and outlook impacts their company so much. And that's the hardest thing is you and I and other entrepreneurs have to really stay focused and as positive as we can. And that's why you see a lot of my sights and sounds tied back to that because I think it helps middle managers. I think it helps CEOs of big companies. And I think it helps entrepreneurs. Absolutely. Absolutely. So other memorable messages from that year were Kel Ripken broke Lou Gehrig's consecutive games played streak. He didn't miss a game for 16 seasons. Oprah started her famous book club. Once she talks about a book, it sells. The Macarena becomes a wedding staple and hits number seven on the charts and was later ranked the number one greatest one-hit wonder of all time by VH1. Netscape was the top internet browser with 38 million users and 86% market share. And Fox News debuts as a cable network changing the political game forever. That's the sights and sounds of 1996. It doesn't seem like it had been that long ago that Netscape would have 86% market share. But first... Let's go through each one. Kel Ripken breaking Lou Gehrig's consecutive games played streak. Any thoughts on that? I just think that's a cool that's a cool athlete to be a fan of. I mean, somebody who's working hard like that. That's a good record. That's a good thing. From a messaging standpoint, it was huge. The strike was 94 and mm -hmm. 95. Major League Baseball was at its lowest point in popularity. Ripken comes out and breaks the record that year, and it gives right. him the lunch pal guy, the work ethic guy. Great story to help bring the game back. That's a feel-good moment. Oprah's Book Club. How about it? Was that like the beginning of Oprah as Oprah, right? Yeah, pretty much. I think that was, yeah, I remember that. I mean, I wasn't like a subscriber of Oprah's Book Club, but I can remember starting to hear about it at that point. And it feels like ever since then, everything she touches is like brand new gold. I, I don't know any of the stats, but I just remember the same thing as you. The stories in those early years, someone would be an author. I've written a book. If she'd take my book, it would suddenly sell 500000 right. in like two days. Right. It's just absurd. Her message, her brand. That's a brand influencer there. I mean, they exist now, but she was almost one of the first big brand influencers like that. Yes. Yeah. At your wedding, was the Macarena played? No. Yeah, my <laughs> wife would not go with that. No. <laughs> I had to play that far too many times as a DJ of weddings. <laughs> I bet, yeah. So VH1 does those shows, and it just cracks me up. They find any reason to do a show, but they did The Greatest One-Hit Wonders, and it came in at number one of all time on the VH1 episode. That seems about right, because I can't think of, uh, you know, I mean, they, they were gone then. I can't yeah. even begin to think of a second song they had. But for that three-month period, oh, it's just it was sick. Yeah. 
All right, now you get to take the Netscape one because you're more techie than me, but they were the top internet browser with 38 million users and 86% market share in 1996 before Netscape became Mozilla, then Firefox, just before Chrome. Talk about that. What's amazing about that is 86% market share with 38 million users. 38 million users, that's like nothing right now. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's incredible. So that's what fascinates me about that. But yeah, there's always a, a new tool, right? So if it was... Internet Explorer after Netscape, and then it was Mozilla, then Firefox, and Chrome, and Safari. I mean, yeah, it just, it changes. It's the same idea over and over again. And that's why you don't get wrapped up in tools too much, you know. Stay true to the course. That's exactly 38 right. million users, 86. Isn't that funny? That's why. 38 million. But 1996, like, people will, people, like, lose sight of facts a lot. And people right. will say to me, like, something from 1993, and they'll go, oh, yeah, the internet. I'll go, no, no. you weren't <laughs> on the internet in 93 or 94. You were maybe on AOL. You might have best. been on twice in 1995, yeah. but it wasn't <laughs> until, like, 97 that right. it exploded and you started seeing it right. everywhere for everything. I remember when the internet was a button on AOL. So it was like AOL, you'd go on there, there was all kinds of junk. And then the internet, like, I think it was just called the web or something. Yes, the It was a button. It wasn't the thing you went to. It was like, first you went to AOL, then, oh, you walked out onto the internet. It yeah. felt so weird yeah. web crawler yes. it was like the first search engine I remember using I was five years old at the time it was yes. very advanced yes <laughs> yes so I typically saved the biggest most influential one for last and this one changed the world and it's Fox News debuts as a cable network and that changed the political game forever because it led to the polarization and it's not anyone's fault that's not what I'm saying Fox built a quality brand and then you saw MSNBC trying to build a brand. So then you have a polarization where if you don't want to hear an opposing view, mm -hmm. you don't have to hear an opposing view in America. Right. So talk about uh, your thoughts on Fox debut as a cable network, uh, Fox News. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not just Fox. It's you can surround yourself and just keep seeking out the same thing over and over again. So the Internet's great. It lets everybody be a publisher. But it isn't great if all you do is just go and follow all the same thing and just keep reinforcing your own beliefs. Now, I've, I've read some things recently where we think that's happening on the Internet, but it's not actually happening as often as you think. So there really isn't an echo chamber. And I've noticed that in my own Facebook feed. While I seem to get more news from a certain viewpoint than others, I still am getting those other uh, news stories. And now I make, a, make it a point to click and read on, you know, to read them, because you do want to see other points of view. And even if you don't go completely that direction, completely take that point of view, it might change you to readjust your own a little bit. So you kind of have to be a little conscious of that. I love watching the entertainers of each of those networks. Um, you know, Bill O'Reilly, Rachel Maddow, they're, they're good at what they do. Oh, Hannity, yeah. they're good at what they do. Rush Limbaugh, yeah. good at what he does. Bill Maher, good at what they do. You, they're good entertainers. Right. That's scary. Right. They really yeah. are good entertainers. They do a well-run show. They have bits. They, right. they really are. They're, they're entertainers. Right. They are. That's what you need to remember, right? They're entertainers. So Justin Mastrangelo of J Interactive is our guest today. And I want to make sure you can tell our listeners how they can reach out to you if they'd like to learn more about what you do, whether it's a Twitter handle or a text, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, I'm on Twitter. Uh, Justin PGH is the Twitter handle. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn as well. Joined by text is the product uh, that I mentioned a few times. Uh, so, but I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty active on Twitter. I put a lot of news up there. If you tweet at me, I will tweet back. Let's put it that way. Um, so yeah, I'd love to hear from people. I connect with people all the time just to talk. I'm not like we talked before. I'm not the heavy salesperson. So if you have questions or anything, uh, feel free to reach out. And you brought Periscope to our podcast. I did. I see I got a call in the middle of it. I just shut down Periscope. So I'm going to put that in my feedback to them. But 
yeah, I think I think we should be periscoping more, although I'm just not sure what yet. And now I'm looking over at my phone, it's just black and dead. It's just sitting there. It, it feels bad. Yeah, it feels like it just, it just gave up on us. <laughs> uh, Justin, thanks for being here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This was fun. I feel like we should shoot hoops at the end. You're a big basketball guy. Oh, yes. We need to put a hoop up front. Hoop de- yeah, and delivery. Food delivery and a basketball hoop. That's what we're going to do. Uh, Michelle, our producer, can help out with that. Talk to <laughs> Mike Gaddy and see if we can make that happen. There you go. Get everything going. To our audience, thanks for joining us for No Bullshit Marketing. Visit BoldSolutionsNoBS.com for show notes plus additional marketing and messaging resources. Sign up for light reading. Yeah, you'll receive valuable strategies every other week to improve your marketing and transform your message. It really is light, intended to be read in two minutes or less, and it just might trigger bright ideas for you. To sign up, visit MassSolutions.biz. Remember, ask yourself, what's the big idea, and build your story around the answer. It's all about bold solutions without the BS.